Final cuts are here, and we're breaking down who I think is going to stick on the Falcons roster and also break down a couple of swing tackle options that they could scoop up off the waiver wire or make a trade for in the next day or so. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is brought to you by the Game Time app. Just download Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, guys, if you don't know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, your very humble host. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com, RIP. Also known as Sirius Black and a.k.a. Mr. Drew, right? My friends call me Negative Nancy, but you will call me Mr. Drew until you become my friend by becoming an everydayer and making this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day. And all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. So today's episode is our final, air quotes, 53-man roster projection because we're just basically... It's the final projection, but it's a projection of what the initial 53-man roster is going to look like heading into week one. And, you know, that's a little more than a week away. Uh, so we will do the best to, to break that down. Uh, but before we get into, you know, breaking down who I think is going to be on the 53-man roster as well as the 16-man practice squad, let's talk about the Falcons' offensive line concerns. We talked yesterday about Jalen Mayfield. We talked a lot about why... You know, while I wasn't willing to go as far as other people to, hey, praise the Falcons for, you know, just realizing that, hey, there's a leak in our in our pipes. <laughs> OK, congratulations. Now, can you fix the leak? And so today we'll talk about a couple of guys that can potentially fix that leak, specifically about the offensive tackle depth. Uh, and we'll talk about a couple of guys that have already been cut, a couple of guys that are expected to be cut, a couple of guys that may be trade candidates. Now, two players that we will not mention on today's episode that I've seen a lot of Falcon fans bandy about over the last several days, weeks, uh, if not months, is Taylor Lewan and Ben Jones, just because I'm pretty sure Taylor Lewan is retired. And if Ben Jones isn't retired, he's been laying extremely low uh, for the last six months. Um, so, I don't think either one of those guys are realistic options, nor really should they be. Um, but, you know, today we're not going to necessarily do a comprehensive, but this is just basically, you know, in the hour or so before recording this episode, what research I can sort of quickly do uh, to try to get this episode up in, the, in a timely fashion here on Monday night on YouTube or Tuesday, wherever you listen to the podcast. But um, not meant to be comprehensive. Right. I, I think a trade is also a possibility. We just saw one where Houston acquired Josh Jones uh, from the tech uh, from the Cardinals. They gave up a fifth round pick. Um, that's about what the Falcons gave up for Ty Sambrello back in 2017 when they made that trade for a swing tackle. So I don't know if the you know, you're going to have to give up more than like a conditional seventh round pick three years from now in all likelihood for a someone that's a legit swing tackle option for you. Uh, so we'll see how that goes uh, for the Falcons, but a couple of trade candidates that, you know, perusing some of the 53 man projections, some names that stood out to me, especially for teams that also run outside zone, heavy schemes come from green Bay, Kansas city. 
uh, from Green Bay, Yash Nyman. Uh, Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for ESPN, mentioned Nyman as a potential trade candidate in his most recent 53-man roster projection uh, over the weekend. Uh, and I think that's mostly due to Zach Tom beating him out uh, for that starting right tackle spot. And Rashid Walker, uh, a player that they have as sort of their backup left tackle, seems like he's played well this summer and it's going to be a, a solid swing tackle. And I know Nyman was penciled in atop the Packers depth chart going into the summer as the potential starting at right tackle. Uh, so apparently he's fallen by the wayside. Um, I, I know he's working under, I think, an RFA restricted tender. So like $4 million of non-guaranteed money. And so that comes off the books for the Packers. Uh, potentially, and that's something that the Falcons would potentially acquire, and they have the cap space to acquire that with about $12 million in cap space. From the Chiefs, Prince Tega Winogo is interesting. Chiefs are also a heavy outside zone team. They seem to be more invested in their other backup tackles than Lucas Niang and uh, Wanye Morris, who they took in the third round this past year. Uh, from what I understand, Winogo has played well this summer in the preseason, but because they seemingly have more invested in those other two guys. And Winoga was a guy that they sort of scooped up off the Eagles practice squad like two years ago. It, it seems like he could be a, an option to trade as well. But those are just sort of two examples. You know, as incredible a podcast host as I am, I, I don't necessarily know all uh, of the other 31 NFL team situation, but those are just two of zone heavy, outside zone heavy teams that presumably, you know, have uh, can afford to give up, you know, a decent player because unlike the Falcons, they have a deep tackle room uh, comparatively. But, you know, let's talk about some of the guys that are potentially going to get cut and the Falcons could potentially claim over the next couple of days. Akeem Adidiji a name to put out there. He's projected to be cut by several people by the Bengals. What's notable about Adidiji was his offensive line coach when he was at Kansas is Mario Jebariel, who is formerly the Falcons assistant offensive line coach, now the special projects of the defense coach or whatever that means. But there is some familiarity there. Adenogy uh, has been a player that's really struggled in the NFL. He's played multiple spots, left tackle, right tackle guard over the years with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's kind of like the, the poster child for the Bengals bad offensive line. Um, but he's experienced, right? I don't know if he's better than Josh miles, but he's played in big games. Like the playoff games hasn't played well in those games, but is that, a more of a known commodity that would attract the Falcons? Maybe. I don't know. Dennis Kelly is a player that was just cut by the Eagles over the weekend. Uh, he was the swing tackle for the Titans when Arthur Smith was the OC there uh, back in 2019 and 2020. Uh, was most recently with the Colts. Did not play well last year, but really nobody outside of Braden Smith played well on the Colts offensive line last year, so I wouldn't put too much on that. The issue with Kelly is he's 33. Watching him this preseason with the Eagles, he it looks like he's getting up there in age. He's he's kind of on his last legs, but maybe those last legs are still probably a little bit more reliable at this point, or at least a little bit more of a known commodity um, than what Josh Miles. He's basically kind of a Caleb McGarry type, questionable pass protector, but a really physical run blocker type of player. Jermaine Effetti, familiarity here in Atlanta. Um, you know what's notable about Effetti is because he got reps for the first time in his career at left tackle this summer with the Lions in that second preseason game, 27 snaps. Is that enough to resolve the issue, which is why Jermaine Effetti was kind of passed over by Chuma Adoga last year for that swing tackle spot, as well as the Falcons moving on for him in favor of a player like Josh Miles this offseason because he was only a right side only blocker, you know, did 27 snaps in, in this week two of the preseason do enough uh, for the Falcons to be like, you know what, Jermaine, we, we trust you a little bit more uh, to, to be that swing tackle now than we did six months ago. Maybe I, 
I'm skeptical of that, but we'll see. Um, we've mentioned back in late May, you know, the Dolphins in coaching connections, Cedric Aboyhe and Jerron Christian are the guys that are projected to be cut by the Dolphins there. When I watched that Atlanta-Miami preseason game a couple of weeks ago, one of them, I can't remember which one, was good in pass protection, but a questionable run blocker. And the other one was a good run blocker, but a questionable pass protector. But I can't remember which one was which. So if the Falcons do, uh, I'll figure out which one that is, if they do wind up picking up one of those guys. But we talked about in late May how the boy he, like a Fetty, was a teammate of Jake Matthews at Texas A&M. Christian was drafted by Washington several years ago uh, when current Falcons assistant general manager Kyle Smith was running their drafts back then. So there's some familiarity there. Another player that's already been cut, uh, who's not a tackle, but worth mentioning, Kobe Gossett by the Browns. Um, you know, I thought Gossett was serviceable at best at the left guard position of the many players that we had playing left guard. He was definitely the weakest link last year uh, between Adoga and Wilkinson and feel like there's somebody else I'm, I'm missing that also played left guard for us. Oh, Hennessy uh, and, and, and Gossett. Uh, but because he's more of a known commodity, is that something that the Falcons would prefer over in a relatively unknown commodity like Kyle Hinton? Maybe. Uh, another player that I'm sure some of you guys are curious about is Chuma Adoga and what's his situation in Dallas. He did get hurt early this summer. From what I've read recently, he may be a potential candidate to go on IR, short-term IR to start the season in Dallas, but it does not sound like Dallas is going to part ways with him. And I don't think the Falcons could, you know, call up Dallas and say, Hey, can you trade him back to us? Uh, simply because he's hurt at this point in time and it may not be ready to go early in the season. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But those are just a couple of names I'll throw out there as potential options for the Falcons, that there's some familiarity with the staff, presumably where, you know, someone on the staff can vouch for that player, you know, and say like, I know what this guy is. Bring him into the building. He can give us what we can get. And that, I think that's probably what the Falcons may be potentially looking for rather than sort of taking a flyer on sort of an unknown option at this point in time. But we'll sort of see how that all plays out. But we will see how the rest of this roster looks uh, by breaking down what I project to be the 53-man roster as we head into the regular season. And we'll get into all of that, guys, uh, as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. So buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals and last-minute tickets uh, and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. I know for me personally, like I've been perusing game time, looking at, you know, living in North Carolina, looking at some Duke home games, because I know Duke has a couple of potential 2024 draft picks like Riley Leonard and an offensive lineman, Graham Barton, I think it is. And, you know, part of me is like, oh, I need to pick, figure out which game I'm going to go to. But now I'm just kind of like, you know, because of game time and their flash deals that are always up to the last minute, I don't really have to plan ahead. I can just decide on a whim this October, this November, hey, you know what, let's just go uh to a duke uh football game. And, and that's the beauty of game time. So whether you're a planner or you're just, you know, you know, calling it um as you see it uh game time is the perfect place for you to get tickets whether it's football whether it's basketball baseball concerts comedy right up to the day of the event and you always get the best price guaranteed if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent the difference so snag tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right there we go all right so we have graphics and um for those of you curious on who 
my 53-man roster, or we'll start with the offensive players that I have making it on the squad. Um, you know, I have two quarterbacks on the roster, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, uh, four running backs in B. John Robinson, Taylor, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, and Godwin Iguabuke, five receivers in Drake London, Matt Collins, Cordero Hodge, Scotty Miller, and Josh Ali, uh, one fullback in Keith Smith, four tight ends in Kyle Pitts, John o. Smith, Parker Hesse, and Michael Pruitt, uh, eight offensive linemen, Jake Matthews, Matthew Bergeron, Drew Dahlman, Chris Lindstrom, Kayla McGarry, Ryan Nuzzle, Kyle Hinton, and Josh Miles. Now, for my practice squad on offense, I do have Logan Woodside on the practice squad, the quarterback, uh, three wide receivers in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Penny Hart and Xavier Malone, uh, two tight ends in John Fitzpatrick and Tucker Fisk on the practice squad, and two offensive linemen in Tyler Vrabel and Joe Von Gwynn. So if you checked out last week's episode with Kevin Knight where we went back and forth, a couple of changes here or there, but nothing two, two major couple of changes on the practice squad, one or two tweaks on the roster. Um, and when you look at that, you know, I'm not going to necessarily explain everybody uh, and how I picked on the roster. Like, so if you're confused at why Taylor Heineke and Caleb McGarry and Scotty Miller wind up on my 53 minute roster projection, by all means, leave a comment uh, below, but you know, uh, we'll talk about more of the back end sort of guys and, and why I chose some of these guys and left some of these guys off. Starting with the quarterback position, Logan Woodside, I think played well enough this summer to make the Falcons roster, but I just don't see the point of carrying three quarterbacks at this point in the season, right? Everybody talks about the new rule that allows you to carry three quarterbacks. And if you don't know what the new rule is, as I understand it is basically if you carry three quarterbacks on your 53 man roster, that third quarterback can essentially function as an extra 49th, basically active player, rather than the usual 48-man active players that you can have each and every game day. And so in the event that your two quarterbacks go down with an injury in-game, then that third quarterback can basically come into the game and play, right? And I don't think that's something that the Falcons or a lot of teams are going to be particularly worried about in September. Now, maybe if we get to January and your season's on the line and you want to be better safe than sorry, you'll elevate a player like Logan Woodside to your roster uh, to make sure that you don't get in a situation like the 49ers got into. Cause that's really the only scenario where I think that makes sense where you're, you know, you're going into a game and boom, you know, you're, you're down both of your, your starting quarterbacks. But um, you know, I, I think Woodside played well. I don't, I, even though he played well enough, I don't think anybody's going to claim him. Um, I just think most teams are pretty content with their three quarterbacks at this point in time. And I don't, I don't see any teams like, Oh, we got to get Logan Woodside to be our number two. And nor do I think too many teams are going to be like, we definitely need Logan Woodside is going to be this massive upgrade over our current number three quarterback to run our, our scout team. So I'm not too worried about Logan Woodside getting claimed, but we'll see if the Falcons uh, agree with that assessment at the running back position, because Arthur Smith has been kind of vague about what is Cordero Patterson's health status going into week one. You know, I don't think we're going to get a, any clarity until like next Wednesday when that initial injury report for the practice comes out. Um, but maybe he's being vague because he doesn't also know. But I think because of that vagueness at this point in time, it makes the most sense to carry Godwin Iguibuque on the roster. And then if CP is, you know, 100 percent ready to go and practicing fully, then maybe they can, you know, wave Iguibuque and put him on the practice squad next week or something like that. But in the meantime, I think it makes sense uh, at the fullback position as, as much as I'm ready to turn the page on the Keith Smith era and and, you know, crown the Parker Hesse reign. Uh, first of his name, you know, to begin at that fullback position. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see that happening at this point in time. And, you know, I was rooting for Clint Rakovich, uh, who the Falcons carried at fullback on their practice squad at the end of last season to come in and sort of speed up that process. But I don't think Rakovich really played all that well 
this preseason. So uh, I, I think the Falcons, if they're looking for a second fullback, it'll be Hesse, it'll be John New Smith, and it'll be guys like Tucker Fisk on the practice squad. Um, speaking of the tight end position and John Fitzpatrick, you know, I thought he did some nice things as a receiver. I thought his blocking was a little bit underwhelming. So I don't see him on the roster. Right. I could see him with a, another year of seasoning on the practice squad. Maybe then he's ready to take over that Michael Pruitt role and be that sort of dual blocking uh, catching threat that Pruitt kind of is for the team rather than the Parker has. He's just more purely a blocker at this point in time. So I think we need to let John Fitzpatrick marinate for another year in the practice squad. Essentially, this year is kind of his rookie season because he missed all of last year with injuries. The wide receiver position. Last week I had Penny Hart as the wide receiver five. Now I have Josh Ali as the wide receiver five. It's really a toss up at this point. Like I'm going with Ali just because he seemed to play a lot more snaps, uh, especially uh, in the preseason finale against the Steelers. Uh, but literally, you could pick a name out of <laughs> like no one really sort of came in and won this job. I know there's a lot of speculation that maybe the Falcons could sign a wide receiver. I think that's a possibility. Do I think it's going to be someone who's going to be a major contributor on offense? Not really. I think you know Arthur Smith is like we. 11 personnel forget about that we 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 ain't about that life and so therefore you know upgrading the top three or four receivers is not really a priority so if they do go out and get a wide receiver i think it's more likely to be someone that can contribute on special teams especially given the unknown status of Kadero hodge is he going to be healthy for week one we don't really know that at this point in time so that's something to keep an eye on but i just don't think the falcons really care about having depth at the wide receiver position offensive line you'll note that i have placeholder next to josh miles his name and that goes back to the previous conversation about uh the potential swing tackles i, I think for now the falcons will probably carry eight offensive linemen normally they carry nine uh, i think uh, later in the season they might carry nine once they get you know some of these guys like hodge and, and patterson and mike hughes and, and jeff akuda uh healthy you know a couple of weeks into the season um you could see the falcons keeping nine to start the season and and scooping up that ninth guy off the waiver wire but for now i think it's probably more likely that you know josh miles is a placeholder for now and they'll bring in somebody else uh to replace him as that eighth offensive lineman to be that swing tackle uh later this week so we'll see who that is if it's one of the players i mentioned earlier is someone completely new we'll obviously break that down if and when that happens um you know other notes I think are worth mentioning here is something that Kevin Knight, who we had on the podcast last week, breaking down his 53-man roster alongside mine, um, mentioned sort of that Josh Harris quirk that we did two years ago where the Falcons cut Josh Harris, uh, you know, to sort of, I think it was a to create a roster spot for Kobe Gossett at that time without having to waive somebody else that they would have to expose the waivers because Josh Harris has four or more years of accrued service in the NFL. Uh, meaning, you know, four years of experience. And so therefore he's not, um, he can't go on waivers. And so basically the Falcons could cut him and say, Josh, we're going to bring you back. Just give us a couple of days. We got to do some housekeeping. We got to bring in, you know, Kobe Gossett, whoever it was. Um, and so I think that we, we kind of discussed a little bit of who that maybe that player could be and sort of doing some further research Keith Smith and Michael Pruitt to me make the most sense just because they're established veterans. They've been in the league for seven plus years. Uh, so they, they won't be uh, wave waivers players and their salaries. I think are low enough where you could cut them without adding on really much dead money onto their contract. So if the Falcons need to make a move like that, if you see Keith Smith or Michael Pruitt's name on the cuts, I think that's what it's about as opposed to, uh, you know, the Falcons are moving on from either one of those guys. So that may be something, you know, I don't know if that will happen, but that's just something to keep in mind uh, moving forward. So we will continue today's 
episode uh, talking about the defense and special teams and who I have making the roster there. And we'll get that as we wrap up today's Locked On Falcons. So for, before we wrap up today's episode, I want to give another shout out to the everydayers. Uh, who make this illustrious podcast their first listen each and every day. And for those of you that will be tuning in tomorrow for your first listen, of course, the plan is to break down all the cuts. And if any other roster moves happen or any other big news happens involving the Falcons ahead of the 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, cut deadline, we will break that down as well on tomorrow's first listen. But uh, if you are curious on who I have making the 53-man roster on the defense, I do have 26 players on defense making it as opposed to the usual 25 uh, that we typically have just because I think, again, it has to deal with the cornerback position and, and the depth. We'll, we'll get to that later. But the defensive linemen, I have um, six defensive linemen in Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, Calais Campbell, Taquan Graham, Zach Harrison, Timmy Horn making the roster, four edge rushers in Bud Dupree, Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Ketty, and D'Angelo Malone, four linebackers in Troy Anderson, Caden Ellis, Nate Landman, and Tate Davis, seven corners in A.J. Terrell, Jeff Okuda, D. Alford, Trey Flowers, Mike Hughes, Clark Phillips, and Darren Hall, five safeties in Jesse Bates, Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins, DeMarco Hellams, Micah Abernathy, and of course, three special teamers in Young Way Koo, Bradley Pinion, and Liam McCullough. And on the practice squad, I have three defensive linemen in Albert Huggins, LaCale London, and Joe Gaziano, one edge rusher in Kamoko Ture, two off-ball linebackers in Andre Smith and Mike Jones Jr., and one corner in Natron Brooks, and one safety in Clifford Chapman. So, um, again, similarly to the offense, feel like I don't need to explain too many of these guys, uh, at least the mainstream guys, but we'll talk about some of the back-end guys that I have sticking. Um, that last defensive line spot was a bit of a toss-up. You know, I thought Timmy Horn played really well against Miami, but then I think against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh was pretty lackluster. Um, and, you know, that wouldn't shock me if maybe a player like Albert Huggins has jumped him for that last spot. But I'm, I'm going with Horn just because going back to something Kevin Knight said last week, which is having a little bit more of that wide body. And Horn has been playing a lot more one tech knows this summer uh, versus Huggins, who's more of that three tech. Uh, sort of guy and looking for that sort of Eddie Goldman space eater type to fill those, you know, those massive shoes that Eddie Goldman left behind when he retired. Um, you know, Horn makes the most sense to me, but it could be somebody else. Joe Gaziano, I think, played really well against Pittsburgh. And frankly, I think is probably more ready to contribute on Sundays during the regular season than Zach Harrison is at the point. But because the Falcons have a vested interest in Zach Harrison, you know, you know how that goes. I think Gaziano will wind up being on the practice squad, but he could wind up sticking on the roster because for that very reason. Uh, at edge rusher, initially I had Delonte Scott making it as the practice squad edge last week, but he just got cut. And as I said on uh, yesterday's episode, I suspect that all those players, including Jalen Mayfield, Delonte Scott, um, Justin Ellis, and Bless Austin, uh, those guys got cut because the Falcons aren't planning on bringing him back to the practice squad, but we'll see. So Komoko Ture, it is. Good player, good pass rusher. Uh, so linebacker position, Tay Davis is that fourth linebacker due to that special teams availability. Not didn't really see a whole lot this summer on the field on defense, I should say. That you know makes me go like, oh yeah, Tay Davis. So linebacker is another position I've, I've noticed a lot of people saying, okay, could the Falcons bring in more help? Sure, but again, I think it's going to be more of a special teams player. You know, maybe they could bring Nick Quitkowski back, who's expected to be cut by the Steelers. Uh, you know, tomorrow, and he served as that depth piece special teams value also you know has starts under his belt so he's probably a little bit more of a reliable option for defense and also 
you know, presumably will give you just as much value on special teams. So that may be something to keep an eye on. Cornerback, I think, is really where things get interesting with this group because we're assuming Jeff Akut is not going to play week one. Again, Arthur Smith has been cagey about that. Um, we don't really know about Mike Hughes. Um, you know, it seems 50-50 at this point in time, but, you know, based off of Arthur Smith's vague comments, it does seem like Mike Hughes, along with guys like Patterson, are trending in the right direction towards playing in week one. You know, the Falcons have historically had five active corners each and every week on their game day roster, and if Akuda's out and if the possibility of Hughes being out, that's the reason to carry a seventh corner. Right. And I just picked Darren Hall just because of his experience, even though he didn't really do anything this summer. I think I mentioned that on the previous episode of the pod. Um, you know, I thought Natron Brooks did some good work, but just because Hall seems to have a little bit more experience and more reps on special teams, that to me kind of broke the tie between those guys. But I could definitely see the Falcons going with Brooks just because they're, you know, done just like they are with Jalen Mayfield, done with the Darren Hall experience. So We'll see how that goes. If you're wondering why Breon Borders isn't on this, he is suspended for the first two games, so he wouldn't be on the practice squad or the roster for the initial 53, but that may be somebody that they potentially entertain bringing back in week three or later, either on the practice squad or on the roster if need be. So we'll see about that. Five safeties sticking it. Uh, once again, you know, I just think, you know, Helms played well enough. He, he's going to be on the roster. The question is Abernathy, and I think Abernathy's special teams value because of the injuries to guys like Cadero Hodge and Mike Hughes and Cordero Patterson, all those guys that potentially would be playing on special teams week one, I think it makes more sense to have Abernathy on the roster. And this goes back to kind of the Logan Woodside conversation where it's like a third quarterback is a luxury. And, and given that Logan Woodside is not going to contribute on special teams like Abernathy is, it makes more sense to me, at least in week one, to have Micah Abernathy on your roster versus Logan Woodside. Maybe later in the season when you're a little bit healthier, you're not worried about, you know, bodies on special teams maybe that's a case for logan woodside to be on the roster and maybe you put abernathy on the practice squad at that point in time uh but we'll we'll just sort of have to see how that all plays out and of course i shouldn't have to explain the special teams uh we got liam the highlander mccullough you know locking down that long snapper role and of course young way uh you know managed to beat out matthew trickett for that kicker spot i know it was touch and go there for a while guys with matthew trickett you know sneaking up on young way but uh he wound up winning that spot uh so that is it guys for my 53 man roster projection of course always uh welcome your feedback any questions you have you know any hot takes spicy takes you think um i don't think there's too many surprises expected i don't know how you guys feel about this you know i can't remember who if it was Jarvis or somebody else talking, asking about potential sp- surprise cuts. And he was basically like the one surprise cut was Michael Walker. And, and like, that's already been taken care of. And so that's really it. Right. You know, I, I think maybe Eddie Goldman going into the camp was like another player that was on that sort of, I don't know if he's going to stick and that already was taken care of. So I'm not expecting any surprise cuts again, going back to that, you know, if, if we see like a Michael Prude or Keith Smith, that's probably, it's not a, the Falcons actually cutting that guy. It's just more of a, uh, clerical issue like it was with Josh Harris uh, two years ago. And then I want to say it was Anthony Ferkser, that guy last year, uh, that was more of a clerical issue where they put him on the practice squad initially and then brought him up to the roster. And then he was like on the roster for the rest of the season. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Of course, we'll be breaking it down on your first listen tomorrow's episode, guys. Uh, make sure you uh, continually uh make this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day of course on youtube or wherever you get your podcast uh for your second listen of course check out uh locked on sports atlanta and uh locked on nfl uh for you know their insights not only into 
all things Atlanta sports, including the Falcons cuts, as well as NFL, all things NFL for the other 31 NFL teams. A lot of, you know, moves be making, trades will be happening. So if you want to, you know, stay up to date on that stuff, then by all means, check out Locked On Sports Atlanta and Locked On NFL. It's all part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.